Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. And so, but I always love it when she comes and ministers with me and uh, she always gives a fresh perspective, a different perspective from a woman's heart. Uh, I'm always real factual. She's always loving and tender and kind. And so that's why most people <laughs> like to go talk to her anyway. It's like, is Pastor Kelly, is she in the office today? <laughs> so anyways, we're going to finish up our series today called family values. And if you recall the very first week that we talked about, uh, we said that in regards to family values, we said, you know, uh, it, it's not necessarily a measuring system that we're looking at or talking about, but asking the question of what do you place as a high value or what meets your needs? And how many of you understand that people and things are unpredictable and therefore they'll never satisfy you? Only God can. And so uh, this year, I believe that God is just taking us to a place where we're learning to trust in Him. And then we also said this in regards to family and marriage, that there is a God's way of doing things. And how many times do we try to get results or we try to get God results, but do it our way rather than God's way? But there is a God way of doing things, and there is a God way of doing family, right? Just all the way around, marriage, family, kids, all that. God has a system about that. And then lastly, we said this, that when it comes to work, or excuse me, come to the family matters, it takes work. We got to do it God's way or work it God's way. And if we work it, it'll work. And how many of you can say, oh, praise the Lord, it does take a lot of work. Amen. And, and I always joke about this, and, and, and it's really not a joke, but, you know, as far as her and I, uh, she's the one that's always just more pleasant, and I'm, if there's ever going to be somebody that's disagreeable, it's going to be me. I feel like I'm getting set up. No, <laughs> it's not. It's just so if I would if if I was more uh, if I was more godly like she was or is, you know, our, our life would be so much better. Praise the Lord. Now I know I'm getting set up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying it, it takes work, and maybe it just takes me a little more than her. But praise God. Anyways, but hey, how many of you remember that we said at the beginning of this year, this is going to be the year that. This is going to be the year. And so what does that look like? What does that look like to us and for your family? So remember we said, this is the year. This is your year. And what do you want this year to look like? And we said that back in January. It's already March. Mm -hmm. But maybe it was your family, your kids, your, your marriage, uh, the atmosphere of your home your finances, whatever it was, 
But it doesn't just fall on us and we have a great marriage, we have great kids, but it takes work. And so we're saying make this that year, yeah. your year. Well, make means I got to do something yeah. with it. And so I'm going to have to work it so that it really does become uh, what I want it to be. Yeah. Well, you know, when you think about time, everybody has seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Nobody has any more advantages than anybody else. And so we always say, well, if I could find time, how many of you know you can't find it? For that matter, you can't make it. What do you have to do? You have to be intentional to take, take it. it. You have to put the work in and the effort in. Amen. And so today we're going to talk about family values, but we're going to look at it from the, the, the perspective of being a family of faith. God desires for our families to be families of faith. And so, you know, when you think about God, how many of you understand that God is a good, good father? I mean, he's, he's a perfect father. And if you didn't realize it, he's a daddy just like you are a daddy. Or he's a parent just like you're a parent. And so he understands some of the heartache that you have with kids and family and all those kind of things. But he's a good, good father. And I realize that, you know, uh, we live lives that sometimes are not all that perfect. And we ask the question, well, if God was such a perfect God, how come we experience the things that we do? Or how come my life story isn't so pretty? How come this happened? And the reality is, is that we live in a fallen world. And unfortunately, many times our life stories are based upon the choices of generations ahead of us. And that's simply what you would call the curse of the fall. It doesn't change the fact that God is a perfect father. It doesn't change the fact that God knows exactly how to make our families successful for our children to, to be the children that we want and have the marriages that we want, right? He's a good father. And for that matter, God's a gracious father. You know, when you think about him as a father, uh, he's full of mercy. He's full of compassion. He's full of grace. And oftentimes we got this idea that God is such a heavy-handed God, and he's not. God is not a heavy-handed God, and I'm living proof of that because if there's anybody that's ever tested God, it's been me, and God has just been good to me. And for that matter, if you, if you think about it, from the standpoint of when you just received Christ, how good God is to you to help you. He doesn't make it so hard and so strict and so difficult to really develop a relationship with him. He's gracious, isn't he? I mean, think about it. When you first got born again, when you received Christ, and there was that excitement of, man, I just received Jesus. And all of a sudden, you start hearing the preaching of the word, and it's like, oh, my gosh, did you hear that? Or times, man, God's talking to me. Or, man, God's reading my mail at church today. Oh, my goodness. And again, it becomes tangible or we begin to hear worship music and all of a sudden, you know, we start to feel the presence of God, maybe goosebumps or we start to cry. We're like, what is that? And it's the presence of God. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God's so gracious to help us. Or maybe, you know, when you think about when you first got born again or received Christ, man, it, you, you experience miracles in your life and you're like, man, it's undeniable that was God. Or maybe supernatural provision in your life and you're like, Man, only God, he may have used people, and all, uh, he will use people, but you're like, man, that was God. Amen? How many of you understand that God is endeavoring to help us develop a relationship with him? And so as a result, he's trying to make it easy and meeting you where you are. 
But as, as we mature and grow, how many of you know that God doesn't always just make it so easy to where we don't have to do any of the work? As we grow and mature, he says, listen, there comes a time of accountability. And what he's wanting us to do is actually becoming accountable to our faith. To where it's not, well, God will do it. God will always just take care of it. But where God's looking at us and saying, I want you to trust me with this. In fact, here's my experience over the years is that we've seen miracles. I mean, by the numbers. But one of the things that we've often seen when it comes to miracles is that oftentimes God don't do spectacular miracles in people's lives continually. The reason being is because the miracle to begin with is to prove to you that God loves you that much. But secondly, he wants you to become a person of the word and say, God, you said it. I believe you for it and then see it come to pass based on our faith. And so God is wanting us to grow. Amen. And so, again, we have to choose to either grow or not grow. And if we choose not to mature, oftentimes we don't experience God's best. Have you ever experienced that? What does that look like? It looks like we're looking at somebody else and saying, God, why? God, how come? God, how come their life seems so blessed? God, how come their marriage looks so peaceful? Whose kids are these, man? You know, <laughs> we're, we're asking God, God, how come it doesn't look a certain way? But God is holding us accountable to grow and to mature. So when we look at that, God doesn't punish us, but we look at that and say, what's different about it? We're reaping the fruit of our labors. When we see our kids, and a lot of times I think that's our frustration when we see them do something and we're like, why are you doing that? Oh, I do that. <laughs> but you never know it right away. Yeah. <laughs> it always takes a little bit of time and you're like, I think I just saw my kid doing that or talking that like that. Is that why you always say that it's my fault when it comes to the kids? Because it is. Yeah, I know, I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's always somebody's fault, right? <laughs> It's just easy. Yeah. Just blame the other one that's in the house. It's always your fault, not mine. Uh -huh. Why do you act like that? <laughs> but God says, let's start with the elementary, the basic principles. And a lot of times we're looking at somebody's life or how they live. And we're saying, well, why, why are they doing so well? It doesn't seem like they're not struggling or have problems. First of all, let me say, Facebook is not a good indicator mm -hmm. of someone's life right. or their church or anything, okay? Right. Let's right. just make that disclaimer. Yep. <laughs> because there is the truth, and you mm -hmm. have to be around somebody to know the truth of their life. But God says, hey, there's some fundamental basic things mm -hmm. that I want you to learn, and it's an everyday process that we have to do, and we have to stay faithful to do it. Yeah. And I think oftentimes we, we fall into this because, once again, God is gracious, but God wants us to grow in our faith where we're being obedient to do things the way that he wants us to do things. And oftentimes when we get to that place of frustration, we go to God and we're saying, God, and what we're talking to him about is where we want to see things now. But how many of you understand that we want the results of things here now but god says wait a minute we can't go here now because we missed the in between and the fundamentals of where we started you want the results of seasoned 
faith walk, but we got to start here. Does that make sense? And so sometimes, you know, family, marriage, life might be a little bumpy, and it might just be a result of the fruit of the labor that we've sown. Does that make sense? And so we've just got to be honest with ourselves. Uh, again, I, I said last week, you know, it's, it's interesting how God will talk to me when I'm talking to God about her. He starts talking to me about me. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about me. But again, he's saying, let's, let's deal with the foundations. Let's talk about you. And so, again, God wants us to, to be realistic. And so, with that being said, how many of you know that God is systematic? God is structured. God is intentional with everything that he does. We think that God just does things haphazardly. No, God is structured. God is uh, systematic. And God is intentional with everything that he does. And have you ever noticed that God says this throughout the word of God? Uh, multiple, multiple, multiple times, if you do according to all that is written, then you will have the blessings, they will come upon you, you will walk in them, but he precursors that by saying, if you will do according to what is written. So what is the written part? That is God saying, here's the system, here's the structure, Here's the intentionality. Amen. So God has a marriage system. God has a family system, a kid system. He has a financial program. In other words, for every aspect of life, there is an owner's manual, and it's the Word of God. Amen. And so once again, if you don't like what you're seeing, check up, because there's some things that we could or should be doing, and God gives us the instruction of how to live successful. Yeah, Amen. It works. Amen. So Psalms 37. Psalms 37. You, 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 I said that God is a structured God. Notice the Bible says this in Psalm 37. It says that the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord. So he's talking to his people, right? Now here's what that word ordered means. It means to pre be prepared, to make ready, to establish ready, and to be firm. So in other words, God himself says, my systems, my structure, my intentionality is to help prepare you. It is help to make you ready. It is to establish you, and it is there to establish a firm foundation under the feet of your life. But how many of you also know that when it comes to God, there is some firmness? What I mean by that is we're like, well, well God, uh, can we just do like half of it? Can we, you know, skip can we just do a, a portion? Can, yeah, can we skip over this process? But God's firm. Well, why? Because he is laying a foundation to order our steps to experience all that he has. And so not only that, he says for us as husbands and wife, as moms and dads, as people, he says now, he says, I also have uh, set the example for you to, to act and be like me. Yeah, and it's, have you ever noticed it's always harder in the middle? You start out really strong, and you finish decent, but it's in the middle that determines whether you're going to finish or not, or whether it's going to be good or not, mm -hmm. but it's sticking it out in the middle. But over in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, I'm going to read in the King James first, and then I'll do it in the Amplified. But it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And we read it over in the Amplified. It says, train up a child in the way he should go teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. 
Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I love that how it says that because we're actually training our kids. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, I can know what they're strong in, mm -hmm. what, they'll, what they should do with their life. As a parent, I can know that. So, so in other then words, I can, as a parent, we can help order their steps. Yes. Doing it like God you does. You can encourage yeah. them. I have a 15-year-old, and she's talking about school, college, what to do after school, and the things in her heart. I didn't have to tell her. Mm -hmm. It just came out, but I've been praying for her. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome to see how it just comes out because God's doing it. And the things that she's saying, where she wants to go, what she wants to do, is exactly what I've seen and how I've prayed. Isn't that cool? God's yeah. not against you. He's for you. And so that scripture speaks volumes to us. So God shows us the example right there. The Bible says that Jesus is our example to follow. Look at Jesus when he was a child. What does it say? He was growing in wisdom mm -hmm. and in stature. Yep. Well, if he did... Our kids can, and that's the way we ought to go. But priorities that ignore God in the present mm -hmm. will cause problems in the future. So I'll break it down like this. If I ignore God right now, I ignore, ignore his word, and I'm just, you know, living how I want, and the kids are following along, but I don't give attention to the right priorities, it's going to fail me in the future, and I'm not going to like what I see. So, uh, again, another way of... Uh, looking at that and all of us can take personal examination because all of us have priorities sure. and so in the order of your priorities for your marriage for your family for life if you wrote the list of the week hey this is what we got to give attention to this is priority does that priority ignore God or is the priorities that are at the top of your list causing you to live a life that is ultimately ignoring God? And if that is the case, we might be enjoying life. We might, ha, ha, he, he, everybody's having fun. But there's coming a payday when we're like, oh, dear God, I'm not liking the fruit that we're experiencing today. Because early on in the days gone by, priorities were ignoring God. Amen. And again, that can be a preacher. You say, well, you're a pastor. You know, it's easy for you to prioritize God. Listen, it's not. Because ministry in doing the work of ministry is not prioritizing God. I have my own personal relationship with God. And if the work of ministry take away from my time from God, then I'm letting that become the priority. And there will be a future to pay or a fruit to pay in the future if I don't adjust that. Does that make sense? And so, with that being said, we're talking about maturing, becoming a family of faith. And so, ultimately, what God desires for us is for us to be people that ultimately live by the Word of God. Yeah. To live by the Word of God. So, what does that mean? That means that people of faith, mom, dad, our children... We are training them in such a way that their lives, when they come across the hiccups, the bumps in the roads, the, the pandemics, gas prices, whatever, their response and their first response is, what does the word say? That's good. Amen. Amen. Now, that was a good time to get excited. And maybe that's a result of just we have not become 
people of the word. If the Bible is nothing more than just a, a bookshelf uh, ornament and it is not living in us, then that word, and the Bible actually says that Jesus is the word. The only way that you get to know Jesus personally is through the word of God. So the, the amount that you know the word is to the degree that you know Jesus. And so if, if you never spend time in the word, then let me tell you, you don't know Jesus. I didn't say you weren't born again. I'm saying you don't know Jesus. Does that make sense? That might seem hard. My point is this, is that we, we need to become people of the word. What does the word say? Why? Because the word of God is the manual of life. And in this book is everything or has the answer to everything that we need. And you might say, well, there's some obscure things in there that, you know, there obviously is going to be some questions that we have that the Bible don't answer. No, it answers everything. From the foundation of the world, God had already answered the questions that we're going to face. Amen. Amen. In fact, for us, uh, you know, as a, as a child growing up, you know, you can always look at your, your upbringing and say, well, I wish I, you know, this and wish that. And man, they shouldn't have done this and shouldn't have done that. And, Every one of us have those kind of quirks, don't we? But one of the things that my parent did, my parents were very, uh, oh, what's the word for it? Uh, They're disciplinarian families. You do it right because it's the right way to do it. And if you don't do it my way, which is the right way, then yeah, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> but one of the things that uh, I did when I was young, I was in Bible quizzing. And my mom happened to be the coach of the team. And my mom said, well, you're my son, and so if you're my son, you're going to be the best, and therefore that means you're going to put the work in. Well, you know, uh, during that time, you can't, I can't say that I was just so ecstatic to spend hours studying, memorizing Scripture, but today, it is one of the most valuable things that I'd ever had as a child, that my mom invested in me the word of God and said, you are going to be a person of the word and you're going to know it. And that is the reason why I am who I am today. It's the reason why I think the way that I think today, because the word of God shaped my life. It shaped my thinking. And so for our kids, now again, I'm not saying you need to do this as moms and dads, but our kids, they go to a Christian school, and so, uh, one of the things that is a requirement for them is to memorize Scripture every week. And so, their Scripture is not just, you know, Jesus wept. <laughs> oh, no. no, there's multiple verses in a chunk. And they need to know it verbatim. And, and for whatever reason, the requirement is King James. Buzz and thou and shout and, you know. <laughs> but anyways, they have to memorize it. Well, so then we come up alongside of them because, again, just as kids, you know, uh, they're kids. And so as a, as a parent, I said, okay, here's what we're going to require to hold you accountable and to help you. Every day, you have to write those scriptures out three times. Every day. And at the end of the week, you're going to recite that to us verbatim. Now, that might seem hard. But what am I doing? I am pouring the word into my kids so that it is a life well that springs up when obstacles come. It's going to bubble up. What does the word say? Oh, the word of God is in my heart. 
I've hid it in there. And they may not appreciate it now as children, as we oftentimes don't. You know, take a shower. Why? I did it last week. <laughs> There's coming a time that we will appreciate it. Does that make sense? As a family, most nights of the week, we sit around the table and we read through the Bible. We sit and everybody reads. We spend 45 minutes to an hour nearly every single night of the week. Why? Because we're becoming people of faith where the Word of God is what develops our faith so that in any circumstance, I'm not moved because I know God and I know what He says. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, who's next? Is it me or is it, uh, is it still me? It's still me, isn't it? All right. Well, thank you. I got talking. See, you get talking off on a tangent and you just get lost. In so anyways, that was good stuff anyways. <laughs> All right. So from the moment that we as parents start to parent our children, what we're doing is we're training our children to be people of faith. We said that this is going to be the year that. Well, if it's going to be the year that, then these things that I'm going to share with you have to be applicable to our lives. As I said, we as parents, we are helping our kids become children and people of faith. And in that process, how we do that is we as parents discipline the flesh. Does that make sense? What does that mean? That means as parents, we are helping them overcome the voice of the natural man and learn to follow the inward voice of the spirit or the heart of a man. Amen? And so, as parents, we must do it God's way. And so, there are three statements that will govern your life as you raise your kids, your grandkids, or even change your life in the days ahead and in this year. You can think back to it as, as a parent. The first phrase, no. The second phrase, stop. Stop it. And the third phrase is, do it anyways. <laughs> Amen? All right, so let's look at that for a moment. All right? So if we're going to become people of faith, as I said, as moms and dads with our kids being in our house, we are training them to be men and women of faith. And so uh, number one, are you taking number one? I keep... Uh, I keep, I just, well, all right. You know when your wife has just kind of got that hovering feeling. It's like, well, you know. All right, but anyways, I love her. I love her. I love her when she just, you know. Are you done now? No. Have you ever, have you, yeah, have you ever been in that? Like where you're having a conversation and you're like, man, this is a good teaching moment. I'm preaching. I'm teaching these people. And she's like, uh, and by the way, you know, it's like, I wasn't done yet. All right, so, all right, so number one. Number one, we said that the phrase is No. Well, what do your kids say? Well, I want. No. I want. No. I want. No. And so what? Yes. And so our response is no. Why is our response no? Because when, when, when our uh, kids are babies, when they're children, they have limited options. When our kids are young, they have limited options. Why do we limit their options? Because you're establishing boundaries. When it comes to God, how many of you know with us as his kids, again, he limits our options. Why? Because he's wanting to establish boundaries for a healthy faith living. Can somebody say amen? amen. 
Amen. All right. So again, with that being said, as we establish boundaries for our children, for our homes, for our marriages, boundaries become predictable. I said boundaries become uh, uh, lives of predictability. So in other words, if I'll purpose to set boundaries, I know what the outcome is. Amen. You know, uh, for, for families... You've heard this, you know, and again, this is a famous saying, oh, the terrible twos. Oh, dear God, the terrible twos. There is no such thing as the terrible twos. It is a child that is pressing the boundaries. <laughs> if you establish boundaries, the outcome is predictable, right? How many of you know that a lot most of... Most of the time. <laughs> most of the times, yes. And how many of you know that a lot of Christians... In their walk with God, their life looks like the terrible twos. God, I want. God, I want. No, shut up. <laughs> so, anyways, we're establishing boundaries. <laughs> Amen. That was not on the notes. No. <laughs> and how many of you know that if you'll establish boundaries, the maturing process should get easier? Why? Because you're establishing the foundation. Now, does that mean you don't face new challenges? Oh, yeah, you do. But because of the boundaries, it establishes predictability, so it ought to get easier. Do you realize that this walk with God is a life of faith? Mm -hmm. What I believe for God today is far more than what I believed for Him 5, 10, 20 years ago. And you might say, well, is it difficult to believe God now because it's so much more? No, it's the same faith. You establish the same boundaries but because I've learned how to trust God in the boundaries of my faith, it has become predictable. So it don't matter if it's this or if it's this. It's still predictable. And the same thing is true in the area of our kids. Amen? Amen. All right. Number two. Well, I could say it this way as well. Uh, in regards to training uh, our children, training ourselves for that matter. What's happening? We're training adults to have self-control, to have delayed gratification, to have faith and patience. And ultimately what we're doing is we develop our children is we're help creating the lack of whiny adults. Amen. 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 Did, did I offend you in that? All right. I had one, a, one amen, so that she must not be whiny. All right. So, <laughs> anyways. All right. So the first thing is, is we have to learn to say no. No sets boundaries for our lives, for our faith. Number two. There's got to be a word that says, stop it. We just have to stop it. And once again, how many of you know that to say stop or stopping it creates good behavior and it corrects bad behavior? Stop it. You just need to stop acting that way. You need to stop thinking that way. How many of you know that your thought life is all up to you? The, the rabbit trails that you go on that get you in a place of anxiety, strife, worry, depression is all a byproduct of your thought life. Mm -hmm. And you're only the one that's in the driver's seat that is able to control what you think on. Amen? In fact, God says, think on these things. See, there's an answer in the Word of God. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, so on and so forth. Amen? Amen. All right. So, bad behavior. This is either adults. Remember, we're talking about raising up a family of faith. But bad behavior is nothing more than a manipulation to get what you want. Right? 
So when your kids are acting a certain way and you say stop, do they just stop immediately because they're so well-mannered kids? No, they keep fussing, don't they? Why? Because if they fuss long enough and loud enough, then they're going to purpose to, to, to manipulate you to get what you want. And if we don't train up our children in the ways of the Lord to teach them how to stop, what happens? They become whiny, manipulative adults. I want it my way. Pastor, how come? <laughs> God, right? Oh, man. Amen. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just got to be careful in the audience that you're in to get, get these looks. But, well, praise the Lord. You all must need it, right? <laughs> Amen. How many of you think, you know, or have heard this before, when it comes to behaviors, oh, well, praise the Lord, they'll grow out of it. Bad behaviors do not get grown out of. They just become uh, amplified down the road. And how many of you realize that God doesn't say that to you? Oh, they'll grow out of it. <laughs> no. In fact, here's what God says. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. Whoa, that's pretty severe. Well, why did God say that? He's saying if something is causing you to uh, uh, habitually go down a road of repetition, then get extreme or you're going to continue to repeat the cycle over and over and over. And so, once again, if there's some things that we're seeing our kids do, our, wife, our wives do, stop it. All right, praise God. It's about kids. Oh, okay, <laughs> about, about kids. That's right. <laughs> All right, so once again, we have to purpose to understand that to be a man or a woman of faith, I have to be able to tell my flesh, no. I have to tell my flesh, stop. And the fact of the matter is, is that mindsets are difficult to change. The older that we get, mindsets are difficult to change. So why don't we just help our kids right now in this moment? Because we're setting them up for a future of success. Amen? Number three. Amen. These are really good points. And it's not that you got it perfect, mm -hmm. but it's growing. And so don't let, don't let the devil... Get you offended or think, well, who are you to tell me and walk out? But we just, we grow. And so everything about coming to church and hearing the word is convicting. It's not condemning, mm -hmm. but it's just, hey, the Holy Spirit's helping you like, oh, yeah, I could fix that or that could help me, help mm -hmm. my kids. That's right. And the third uh, way is do it anyways. Something we tell kids. Why? Because I said so. Just do it. <laughs> well, why? Well, that doesn't make sense. Why do you want me to do it? Well, just do it anyway. <laughs> and so I don't want to. You ever said that before as an adult? You ever <laughs> need to do something? Maybe get up, go to work? You know, like, I don't want to. But you do it anyway, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same way with our kids. A lot of times we say, well, the flesh says, I don't want to do this, but we do it anyway. Why do we do this? Because we do it God's way, and he is faithful right. that promised. He'll always see us through. So you might say, well, I don't want to, but there's no option to faithfully go into church. Mm -hmm. We might get up and say, well, I don't feel like it today. But we, as a family, no we get up, we go I to church. I woke up that way this morning. See, she already knew the message. I said, baby, I said, just go do it. I said, I'm good. In fact, <laughs> but I didn't, yeah. I didn't win that one. So I had to go to and church. And then we say, I don't want to serve. Mm -hmm. But what we, we serve. We, we serve. help in we church. We do what we, we can do. 
but I don't want to read the word. We trust God, and so we do it anyway. We read the word because we know the value in it. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to give of my money, but we do. Why? Because the Bible says that as we are a tither and a giver, that we bring the blessings of God for our home and protection. Well, I, um, I don't want to choose my friends. Have you ever told your kids, well, that, I don't, that's not a good friend? Or, well, they're not, I don't know about that friend. Even at a young age, you're like, I don't want you playing with Joe. <laughs> no, come play with this one over here. And you, you guide them because you know and you can see. Versus a kid that throws tantrums and fits constantly. Well, I don't want my kid doing that. But we, we choose our friends wisely. Why? Because a parent can see ahead. God can see ahead just like a parent. Well, I'm thinking of, you talked about as far as the, the friends and the way that they act. Our, our son came home, this was oh, a couple years ago, and, and he said a, a, a very colorful word. And we're like, what? <laughs> and he just said it so nonchalantly, like, well, blah, blah, blah. And he, I didn't know what it meant, but this is like, wow, where did you hear that? Well, the next door neighbor, he was saying this when he got mad, and so, yeah, I just said it. Well, I had no clue, but you understand the people you hang around are an influence on you, good or bad, as adults. How many of you know that there are right relationships and wrong relationships? And so God will convict you in your heart that this isn't a healthy relationship. And so what do you do? You just do it. You, you make the right choice. Amen. And there you may say, well, when it's time to pray, or you ever said like at the beginning of the year, you're like, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read the Bible more. I'm going to go to church more. And then when it came down to reading, you're like, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in there mm -hmm. but what we do it anyway we keep with it that's that middle road where you got to do the work but if you'll do the work payoff is at the end and you're going to really like the payoff at right. the end because it's peaceful Amen. it's joyful it's happy in your home in your kids and so we we do it anyway because we follow the word of god and as we do that, the best that we can do, we see the results, and we like the results that we're seeing. Amen. And so, uh, if we don't do what God's asked us to do as leaders in our homes and in our church, then our young people will forsake those things that we're trying to teach them. If we don't help instill those attributes of faith, they will forsake the faith at some point in time. And so it's a big responsibility, isn't it? Amen. But this is the year. This is that year that it changes. God's visiting our homes, our marriages, our families, our lives, our church, our community is changing because of the power of God. We're learning to say no. We're learning to say stop. We're learning to say, well, I'm going to do it anyways because there is a family value and we're going to be people in the families of faith. Amen. Yeah. Why don't you all stand with me, if you will. I want to close with this. Uh, it's kind of a, a transition, if you will, but I, I want you to hear it from the standpoint of what we were talking about and the value of having a foundation of faith. Obviously, you, you know that right now we're uh, experiencing some things in our world with Russia invading Ukraine, right? And when you're thinking of Russia going 
up against Ukraine. It's like a David and Goliath kind of thing, isn't it? And you're thinking, dear God, it's only going to be a matter of time before they get crushed. But there has been the people of faith that have rose up and began to pray in this season. And I'm not talking about little mealy mouth. Oh, God, bless them. Oh, God, help them. No, there have been people going to battle in prayer for the Ukraine. And God has been answering and intervening as a result of the people of faith. Because whether it's in the Ukraine, whether it's in South America, whether it's in China, the people of God are the family of God. And I want you to see the power of a family of faith. We're connected in different uh, relationships of ministries, and so you get to hear some things. And some of these things you might have heard or seen. But there are stories that we've been getting back from the war that has been going on. Christians have been reporting that concerning missiles that have been fired into the Ukraine, as they're coming across the sky, all of a sudden they disappear. We've been hearing stories of the numerous individuals of Russian soldiers that have been killed versus the Ukrainians. We've been hearing stories where there's such confusion in the camp of the Russians that they start attacking their own troops. Sounds like Bible days. We've heard stories of where there's such confusion in the Russian uh, military that they're coming up and surrendering, crying and saying, we don't want to do this no more. They're being lost and having no food. Their tanks are running out of gas. And the last story that we just received is there was a young man in the military, he was in the military of the Ukraine. The Russian military was coming, they were outnumbered, and he said, this is going to end badly. He called his dad and says, Dad, I need you to pray now. This is a dire situation. The dad called the church and the network of people, and they began to pray. I mean, pray as the family of God, not just, oh, God bless them. But they went to battle in the heavenlies, praying for the people of faith. In the midnight hour, as the tanks are rolling across the land in the darkness, flashes of lightning come from the sky and take out the tanks. And they're free and saved from the Russian army. I'm talking about the family of faith that God shows up in the midnight hour. You might feel like you're in the midnight hour. Family, marriage, life has come to an end. Listen, God has not forsaken you. He loves you. And this is that year, that. We turn it around. It's going to be the best year ever. Praise God. Amen. So let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you that, Lord, there are family values that you've established for us. And God, we're purposing right now to do it God's way. To do it your way. God, help us to make the subtle adjustments 
God, you're not expecting us to become somebody we're not. No, you're just looking for us to make the adjustment. And every adjustment, you meet us there in such a wonderful way. In our marriage, our homes, our families, our children, our finances, our church. God, this is the year that it becomes all that we want it to be. God, we release our faith because we are the family of faith. And we thank you that you are going to battle for us. And God, I thank you. It's just about ready to be manifested. We're ready, just about ready to see the fruit come to fruition. And this we give you all the praise and thanks in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.